I went through three microphones. The first microphone I bought was awesome. I'd never plugged it in. I mean, it was plugged in, but never turned on. And I was like, this microphone's a piece of crap. And I got rid of it. And I bought another one. And that microphone was a piece of crap. And then I finally bought the third one and realized I hadn't turned my microphone on. Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzcast show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I'm your host, Travis Albritton, head of content at Buzzsprout, and you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday podcasters just like you share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things that they've learned along the way. And in today's conversation, I get to sit down with the host of Build a Better Business, Jamie Irvin. And some of the things that we talk about in this interview are dealing with launch day disappointment, which I know a lot of us have experienced, the the high, the euphoria of finally getting your podcast out into the world, only to see it not do as well as you would hope that it does. (laughs) And so we talk about that. And Jamie shares his story with launching his podcast And then we also spend a good amount of time talking about the metrics that matter. You know, is it download numbers? Is it listeners? Is it the number of countries you're in? You know, what what is it that really matters? What is it that we as podcasters need to be paying attention to to determine if our podcast is being successful? And you'll even hear me go on a little mini rant about refreshing your downloads and why I think it's a terrible idea. And so uh, so you can definitely look forward to that. While many podcasters decide to pull the trigger on a podcast, and then in a couple months or maybe a year, they launch it. But for Jamie, his podcast was years in the making. Well, it's quite the story. Um, Basically, in 2008, I had a partner um, that we were colleagues at work, and we had worked together for almost 12 years. And we had this dream of becoming business consultants and taking all the knowledge we had in management and sales and marketing and helping businesses basically become better. And so we started a consulting firm in 2009. And as newbie business owners, we made a lot of mistakes. We did did some things right. Like we had a really, really solid shareholder agreement. Just a few months in, like four months in, my business partner comes to me and says, I'm not well suited to this work. I don't, I don't like it you know, and I just want to do something else. And he pitched me a a different business idea and I wasn't interested in it. So we went our separate ways and that awesome shareholder agreement preserved our friendship, which was really great. So all of a sudden though, I had quit my job. It's 2009. Nobody's hiring. It's the great recession. And my business has half of the startup money that it was supposed to have. And we just ran out of of revenue and ran out of runway by the time we were like six months in. So I was forced to do what every good entrepreneur does when faced with, you know, significant challenges with the first business. I started a second business (laughs) (laughs) and I, and I spent my last $700. I literally had $700 in the bank. I spent my last 700 bucks. I made a deal with a guy and uh, I got into contracting, which is the farthest thing from what I wanted to do. You know, I had this visions of being a, a Canadian Tony Robbins who was going to come up and on the speaking circuit and consult with people and make an impact and a difference. And instead, I'm cleaning people's gutters and washing their windows and pressure washing. <laughs> so it was quite the hit. And 
at some point, you know, I, I kept the dream alive as long as I could, but I just burnt out. And eventually I realized, you know, this, this consulting thing, this speaking thing, it's not going to fly. And this contracting business is growing and I'm kind of ignoring it. Right. And so that 700 bucks that we spent on day one, two weeks later, we had a $1,200 house payment and, you know, we made enough money to make that house payment and keep us alive for a month and then two months and then three and then six. And eventually we just decided, okay, what would happen if we put all our resources into this business? And instead of looking at it like a job for myself and my wife, what if we looked at it like a business and we built it into something greater than that? And what if we applied all the things that we were going to teach people that we had learned in our corporate world um, and the training that I had taken with Michael E. Gerber, who's you know one of the greatest minds in entrepreneurship and small business. What if I took all that and applied it to my own business and proved to everybody it works? And so that's what we did. And six years later, uh, you know, we had grown the business. We had a high of, I think, 13 people working for us. Um, and it was a real business. And it had systems and it worked. And we suddenly realized that we hadn't talked to a customer in person in two years. That everything was done through the systems online. And that was kind of cool because we lived in the city that we were working in, but we didn't talk to anybody. Uh, you know, our employees <laughs> did. You know, our employees met with our with our customers. Our our truck operators would meet with the residential homeowners. And my wife was on the phones, you know, coordinating with uh, project managers and things like that. And so, you know, all of our family live outside of Edmonton in Alberta. And we thought, you know, it's time. Why don't we move home? And so we did. So we moved home in late 2015 and we ran the business remotely and it and it it worked as if we were still there. And that was really cool. And that's when I knew, okay, I've got something here. You know, I actually did do what I said I could do for others, for myself. And an opportunity came to sell the business to a friend and actually the guy who helped us get into the business in the first place. And he was in his 50s and his body's starting to wear out. He hadn't gotten off the tools yet and he was looking to um, to retire, but he'd been self-employed his whole life. So he didn't have like a 401k or an RSP and, um, you know, he's kind of in trouble, right? Like as soon as he stopped working, the income was going to shut off. And he'd had a bunch of failed business um, attempts to try to transition into something else. And so, you know, it was just one of those situations where it was a perfect fit. And he said, look, I, I can't believe what you guys have built in such a short period of time, such a short period of time, only six years. And you don't even live here anymore, for goodness sakes. I can't even take a holiday. So I want to buy you. And we had talked about it on and off about merging when I lived there. So it was kind of a natural progression of the conversation. And the timing was never right, but now the timing was. And so we made the deal and uh, we were able to merge the two businesses. Um, we sold it. And what's interesting about it is uh, there was a two-year consulting part of the merger, part of the deal where I had to consult. And I did that and we successfully, you know, transitioned. We taught them the systems. We set things up in a way that all of their employees could follow the same system as the employees that I had so that, you know, the company was, was uniformly branded. It operated uniformly and it was a very systematic operation that when we said we were going to do something, it got done. And so then what happened was that, um, they decided that they wanted to take their first major holiday in a long time. And so they went to uh, Ireland and France for two months. And the business ran 
just beautifully the whole time. But what's kind of cool about it is the entire time from the day that we sold it, my wife, who used to run the business remotely from our office in Edmonton, had been hired by them to continue to do that. So to this day, like today as we speak, my wife's in the other office and she's running this huge contracting company a thousand kilometers or 600 miles away. The owners in that city work like two days a week, basically semi-retired. And all the guys just do their thing and they know what to do. So it was a a wonderful success. And over the years, I helped about a half a dozen other people start contracting businesses because they kept asking me, you know, how are you doing that? How are you doing that? And um, I I would tell them. And then one of those guys finally phoned me up and said, "Um, I'm hiring a coach and his name is Jamie and you need to send me a proposal. And I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not a coach. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Right. And my plan actually, when I moved to Edmonton, the Edmonton area was to buy another business. And it just, it it just, I didn't find the right one yet. So I was kind of sitting idle and, um, I was like, well, you know what? I, I really don't have a lot else going on. And this, you know, the consulting part of my contract with the merger is coming to an end. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I will coach you. Right. So I said, give me a month. I'll put together a program and I'll teach you what I did in a more, you know, a more organized and systematic way. And then you can replicate those results in your business. And so I sent him a number that I hoped would scare him away. And he said, yeah, no problem. And I thought, (laughs) whoa. (laughs) And I thought, man, I've got something now. Now, if this was Hollywood movie uh, that we were listening to or a serial podcast, the story would continue and I would become this master business coach and everything would have been easy and the money would be rolling in. And then I would just launch a podcast and my huge community would just skyrocket it to number one on iTunes and it would all go that way. Right. But this is real life. So I believe that, you know, the universe had rewarded me for my patience and was going to hand me on a silver platter, my dream that I had been working towards since 2009. And instead I got a bit of a kick to the nuts when I started my personal brand and it was just like crickets. So, so looking back, what were some of the things that you did uh, early on that you, you think, wow, I, I really shouldn't have done that or I should have done that differently or, you know, maybe some kind of beginner mistakes that, uh, that you recognize now and you've been able to kind of fix or, or move past or, or improve upon. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll continue the story because, see, what happened is, is that I decided I, I had what's called founder's depression. So, um, and I'm vulnerable to depression. And so after I sold my company, I'm in my 30s and I'm like, well, now what do I do? Like, I didn't make enough money on that deal to retire outright. Uh, I'm in my 30s. I wouldn't want to retire anyway. And what the heck do I do? I was supposed to come to Alberta, buy another business and just keep going, Right. So I thought, well, I keep hearing about this personal brand and how important it is. And I have some heroes like Michael E. Gerber and Brian Tracy who have trained me through some of their programs. And then, of course, informally, uh, Tony Robbins with all of his free content and everything. And so I looked at those people who I really admired and, and I started digging deeper into what a personal brand was. And I started finding you know, what I would call more, uh, less celebrity and more average people with amazing personal brands that were doing, you know, comparable numbers to what I was doing with my, with my full brick and mortar contracting business. Right. And so I thought, okay, well, while I'm waiting to find the next business deal, 
I'll build a personal brand. And so that part was right. Like that part was based on, on good information. And I started blogging and I started talking about influencing your money because I'm a really big ideas guy. And so I really think that everything starts with the way you, your mindset is on things. And that blog led to an, um, a guy reaching out to me and says, hey, I've got this new podcast. Would you like to be on it? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And then I Googled what a podcast was. <laughs> because you got to understand from 09 on, my head was down. I like I if I needed to learn something for my business, like Google AdWords or something like that, I learned it. Uh, if I learned, I actually taught myself how to code because I couldn't afford a web designer in the early years. And so, you know, when, when I needed something, I, I, I figured it out. But at, at that point, you know, I wish I had started a podcast back then, but it just it didn't find me yet. And so I, I Googled what a podcast was and kind of prepped for it. And I love speaking. And I've been a public speaker in uh, my, my mother's religion, you know, from the time I was a kid. Like we would do Bible readings. And then I, as I grew up, I did talks and, you know, presentations and stuff. And I'd been in front of audiences as big as 5,000 people. So I knew I could speak and I loved it. So I said yes. And I got on the guy's podcast. And it was just the most amazing experience. I was like, oh, yes, this is this is it. Like, you know, but of course I had just discovered it. So in my mind, this thing had just started yesterday. Right. Meanwhile, you didn't appreciate all the work and time and effort that had gone in for so many years to get us to this point. And so I started just like devouring podcasts everywhere I could find them. And I didn't know about like, I didn't know about podcast players. So I would get ticked off. I would find a podcast that was on a, like a top 10 list and I would go to their website and their website would be crap and you couldn't download it because it, they weren't trying to bring people to their website. They were trying to put people on a podcast player. I didn't know what a podcast player was. So I find Entrepreneurs on Fire and you can download the episode. So I'm downloading every episode and I'm going back through his catalog and I'm just like, this is the most amazing podcast in the world. And I found Pat Flynn. And so these guys who are really talking about online you know, businesses and everything. I mean, I just fell in love with their formats and I made a decision. I said, by the end of this year, I'm going to be on EO fire. And I was episode 1769. And let me tell you, getting on EO fire back then was not easy. There was a lot of competition. He was getting over 300 applications a month. So you had a one in 300, a chance each month to get on, right? Or sorry, uh, 30 a month or 300 a month for 30 spaces. So there was like a 10% chance you would get on. And I just, I applied multiple times and I'd, Finally, I just looked into the camera because his application process involves sending in a video. And I just looked into the camera and said, I've got a great story. I almost died on the job. If you want to know about it, you better contact me. I didn't even answer his questions. And that was the one that got me on a show, right? Because it was an interesting story. And and I did almost die on the job. You know, I fell off a building and it was, it was a bad time uh, in the early days of my contracting business. So after the, the, that six-month period, I'd been on nearly a, a dozen podcasts and or maybe half a dozen and by the end of the year it was like a dozen yeah I think that's how it went and I was like yeah this is you know this is the medium for me this is better than writing like I'm not a bad writer but I'm not a great writer it takes a lot of effort whereas with podcasting you know it didn't take a lot of effort emotionally to do it because I loved it and it was well suited to my abilities so those are the kind of that's kind of how I got to be a into the podcast space. The first mistake though that I made was I really believed that I was just going to start a podcast, um, that people were going to hear my story and that it was going to 
happen, you know? And, and I wasn't expecting like seven figure. I was kind of like, I can, I can make a, an, you know, an average, uh, mid-level manager or executive salary doing this. Like I can hit a hundred grand in the first year, no problem. And that was just overconfidence and also just a lack of understanding that the the genesis story of people like John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn was at a different time in the podcasting trajectory in the world, right? And so I just didn't understand that. And so I just thought, hey, I'm very systematic. I'm very organized. I'll be very consistent. My branding will be on point and everything will you know, it'll just, it, this is my time. The universe was telling me this was my time. <laughs> right. And so, and I also thought I I'm going to supplement the podcasting with, um, my business coaching, which is going to, you know, um, just give me that multiple revenue stream that Dory Clark talks about. That's so important. And when I read entrepreneurial you, I was really focused on that of one of her books. So I think it was just that I didn't fully understand. And I don't know that I could have, because I read everything, but I only heard what I wanted to hear. You know, I didn't, I, I remember distinctly this one interview that John was doing with another guest who was also a big, you know, personal brand name. And I remember him saying, and this was like three weeks before I launched my podcast. I remember him saying what I did in 2012 wouldn't work today. And my entire plan was built on what he did in 2012. <laughs> and I was like, Nah, <laughs> you know, so, so I, I launched and, and, um, and then I made all the classic mistakes. My microphone wasn't plugged. I went through three microphones. The first microphone I bought was awesome. I'd never plugged it in. I mean, it was plugged in, but never turned on. And I was like, this microphone's a piece of crap. And I got rid of it and I bought another one and that microphone was a piece of crap. And then I finally bought the third one and realized I hadn't turned my microphone on. Oh my goodness. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> right? So I have two, I have like two microphones sit. They're awesome. And I'm using the third one because it, it's, it's probably the best quality one. Cause I kept spending more money, but I've got these other two microphones that if, uh, if I met a podcaster today who was like, I'm just starting, I'd be like, well, here, just, here's how you turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, um, I started the podcast as the Jamie Irvin podcast or the Jamie Irvin podcast for entrepreneurs. And I was really focused on that service-based business owner like I was. That was my initial demographic for the show. And then I, I was like, it's too long and people are having a hard time remembering it. And so I thought, well, I'll just shrink it down to the Jamie Irvin podcast, right? And that was great. It was simpler, but then I wasn't hitting any, any keywords for search, right? So you had to know me to find it. And I was like, oh, man. So, like, after 14 episodes, I rebranded. And then after uh, after the 50th episode, I said, I'm going to do this for 50 more episodes. And I think, like, 15 episodes after that, I rebranded again. And so I knew a lot of these um, things that you're supposed to do. And in a business setting, I was very, very good at helping people do them in the right order. But I kind of forgot that podcasting and personal branding and digital businesses share the same fundamentals as all businesses. And so I kind of forgot to apply some of my own lessons. But because I knew them so well, when I saw that I was making a mistake, I was quick to change it. And I felt a little bit of shame and guilt because I was like, man, I'm, I'm screwing up here, right? I'm making mistakes. 
And then I realized, well, nobody's listening anyway, so I guess I'll get all the mistakes out of the way in the first 100 episodes. And then after that, when people find me, as long as they don't go back to the back catalog too far, they won't know how bad I was in the beginning. No, <laughs> no I think that's so funny. Um, and, and I think it's so important that you are willing to make changes on the fly. Like I encourage people when they're first starting their podcast, the first year is just to experiment. Like that should be the only purpose of the first year. Because you're right, when you first start, the only people listening are you, your mom, and your friend down the street. So you don't have to worry about like really messing up. Um, but it's more important to like find your rhythm, find your voice, find how you like to edit things and, and what you want to focus on and emphasize. And that that first year should really be spent more towards experimenting and figuring out where am I going to land because often the first thing you think about is not the thing that's gonna that you're gonna want to continue to work on. Um, so I think that's really, really smart and shows the humility you have towards the process. Instead of saying no, 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 no. it's gonna be the Jamie Irvin podcast because my name is Jamie Irvin and I want to be famous. But it was more about how do I help this thing become successful and and reach the goals that I have for it. Yeah, and once I. Once I did some deep, deep analysis of myself and my motives, I, I had to call kind of bullcrap on myself because I'm talking about what I truly believe in my heart, which is that you have to have a dream and that dream has to impact others. And all my branding and everything that I did was really not saying that. It was saying get to know Jamie Irvin and hopefully if enough people get to know him, he'll make really good money. And then that's the end of the story. And so I realized that I had fallen prey to the, the thing that I think a lot of entrepreneurs fall prey to is that they say that they want to have an impact, but behind closed doors, they're really just praying and hoping that this thing will work out so that they can make more money than they did working in a corporate job and that they can kind of brag to their friends about their freedom. And I think that once you get over yourself and you realize this isn't about you, this podcast that I'm doing and the podcast you're doing and the podcast everybody else is listening to this is doing has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the listener. And so when I remembered that principle of business, because I believe that when I had a gutter cleaning company, so like I walked that talk, right? Like I built a company based on some real core values and it really resonated with the, the customers and it was a gutter cleaning company. I mean, the most pedestrian, boring, blue collar, you know, thing, you wouldn't think that there would be anything kind of higher purpose with an exterior building cleaning company. But there is, if you really look at who you're serving, you can find some higher purposes in that business. For example, you can save a, a wife's husband's life by keeping him off the ladder because he's not a pro, right? So you can go deeper. And once, you, once we went deeper with our customers in the exterior building cleaning company, we took off. And so I remembered that I, and I had forgotten that. I had gotten distracted and I had allowed my ego to get in the way. And so... I said to myself, well, what do I have to do now? And I'd already rebranded once. So I'm in my second iteration of the podcast and the second format as well. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it one more time. And so I hired a professional 
she was a, um, a a guest on my show, episode 13, Maggie Patterson. I really respected her pragmatic, no-nonsense approach. And she also has 13 years experience. She has her own podcast, uh, Small Business Boss. And I really respected her. So I reached out to her. I hired her as a consultant. And we went to work. And we boiled everything that I have written about and everything that I have talked about and everything that I've done down to its essence, which is basically that I believe that there is an opportunity. In fact, the greatest opportunity in business today is to simply build a better business. And that sounds so simple and so like, well, yeah, of course, that's what we're all trying to do. But I think every one of us who worked in corporate and wanted out has experienced that feeling of this business is dead. There's no feeling in this thing. There's no dream. There's no, like, we're just all coming and punching a clock and doing our thing. And nobody cares about us. We're just a number. And at the end of the day, this corporation's going out of business anyway. And I'll be moving on because, you know, we all know that corporations these days last like 30 years and then they're out. Right. And it's because there's no feeling there. There's no, there, there's not this deep, deep desire to serve somebody else and to have a, a real impact. You know, people always talk about how to change the world and changing the world is actually relatively simple. You take one human being and you get to know them really well and you figure out how to change their world. And once you figure that out, you scale. That's it. And so when we got down to some of this like essence of the thesis that I have around business and what I believe, we looked at my skill set and we looked at what I was good at and how I could help those people. And so we started with the basic premise of build a better business. And why that was so important to me was when you hear build a better business, it doesn't take you, a, it's not a big leap in your mind to know that Jamie Irvin must be talking about businesses and improving them. So it, it hit right away. I was like, that's the one. It's simple. It's just like Amy Porterfield's online marketing made easy. It's just like John Lee Dumas interviews you know, entrepreneurs on fire. And it's just like Larry Levine selling from the heart. And those were the three that I modeled it after, right? And then from there, we just looked at what I can really help people with. And we looked at the thesis that I follow. And basically, it comes down to three things. Leaders that dream managers that lead and employees that care. When you have those three elements in the business, you build a better business and you have an impact in people's lives. And so when I got my mindset right, then all of a sudden, you know, because I had built the systems, things were working very well. I was getting compliments from guests saying, wow, your system's really efficient. You get me in, you get me out. It's super easy. Everything goes as scheduled. This is great. Like you're good at this, you know? And I, I, I was getting that that feedback that this is good. Like what you're doing from a systems point of view is good. So I just kept fine tuning those systems. But until I got the mindset right and I shifted things around the way it should be, um, then things started to change. And now don't get me wrong here. I, uh, we're going to air episode 100 on February 8th and we have not, you know, exploded in audience, but the audience I do have has shared some really interesting things with me. So <laughs> you just shared like five really awesome things that I was like trying to take notes and keep up with as you were chatting. Um, the, the, the slippery slope between selfish and selfless that, that, like you said, it's so easy to start your podcast with grand selfish ambitions of how is this going to make my life better? 
How am I going to be able to to leverage and really exploit my audience for my own personal interests? And how, ironically, when you shift your focus to, let me just serve people, let me just provide value to people and, and, and offer the best of what I have, when you have that mindset, all the things that you were hoping would happen, happen anyways. But when you try and like just stick with, no, 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 this is supposed to help me escape my nine to five and, and I'm going to explode and be like this famous person that everyone's going to know and look up to, like it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work the way that you would think it would. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I'm a long way from my my end objectives with this podcast. And I've heard, um, I think it was um, Lewis Howes. He said that it's like a, a hockey stick, right? So if you picture, and I'm from Canada, so a hockey stick was just right <laughs> away. I heard hockey and I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> so um, he said, you know, the success in this space is like a hockey stick. If you lay a hockey stick down on, on the floor... It has a very, very long flat line. And after a very long time of having little to no impact and results, the hockey stick curves upwards and goes straight up like a rocket ship. And, you know, maybe back in the day that if you were really good and you were really consistent, that long line of nothing was a year. Maybe it's three to five now. I don't know. I'm going to find out. I don't know. But um, once I adjusted my my, you know, viewpoint on that, then it just became about the work. And I actually hated that because I've heard you guys talk about, you know, oh, the numbers aren't important. It's just the impact you have. And I'm like, I know that's right, but I don't want it to be true. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am a very competitive person and I like to win. And I look at my numbers and then I look at the averages that I can, you know, that I find out, out online and I talk to other podcasters I know and secretly inside, I can't help it. I'm like, yes, I've got one more listener than you. <laughs> and, you know, I have to kind of work on that because I think we all want to win. And that I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I don't think that having a bit of competitive drive and wanting to be successful is a bad thing. It's It's an element that's necessary in business. If you don't have it, please, for the love of God, do not start your own company. Because if you don't have that, that drive, you're never going to be successful. And you're, you know, and if your ambition is not in alignment with your abilities, you're in trouble, right? So I think part of that, like, yeah, it, it is important to have a bit of drive. But when I got the first email from a listener that said that I had changed his life, that not only had it revolutionized his business, but his personal life had gotten better. He felt he was a better man and that he's now a better husband because he's taken some of the principles that I've been teaching. Because I used to have a family first segment and then I uh, now just incorporate some of those life lessons into the principles behind what we're talking about. And um, when I read that, like, you know, tears came to my eyes, right? And I'm like, this guy from Florida, literally his life has been changed forever right and so even if i was to stop today which i don't plan on it but even if i did i changed at least one person's life forever and for the better and i'm you know i'm a deeply flawed man Uh, if you go into my my back history like i was a a drug addict and when i was young uh, i was involved with bikers um i'd been divorced a couple times bankrupt like i was a pretty pretty messed up kid in my in my early 20s and and you know it's taken me years to recover and I still 
still have times when the old Jamie tries to get out and you know I gotta really work to keep him in place so I really really value the the impact just one person can have because over the years when I was trying to recover from all of that I had these men step up and I never met my dad which is one of the reasons I was so messed up as a young person I just had abandonment issues and depression and so it just snowballed on me and I had these men step up and they would you know, they'd be in my life for a short period of time and they would just say something significant and it would change the trajectory just, you know, two degrees. And then another person and another person and another person. And over the years, if you go on a long enough timeline, we all know that a two degree change has massive impact down the road, right? And so like, I'm still a flawed person. I'm still working very hard to be a good man and to improve. But, um, you know, those men, they, they had such an impact in my life. And so I realized kind of with that first email, I was like, okay, what Travis says is true. The numbers, <laughs> the numbers don't matter right now. <laughs> I have to keep focused on impact. And, um, you know, and I've had a couple other people now reach out too. So I know, you know, it's, it's one of those old things. If you can sell one thing good for you, you just sold something to your grandmother. If you sold two th- of those things, then you sold it to your grandmother and your mom. But if you sold three and four, you probably have something worthwhile, right? And I, I love that kind of uh, uh, little word picture because it's true, right? Like if you get one person saying, hey, you changed my life, then maybe it's a coincidence. Like maybe it was just you were meant to be in that one person's life. And then you have another person and they kind of say the same thing. And then another person. Okay. Now we're starting to see a pattern. Now we're starting to see a trend. And so it's, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And, and, and after saying all of that, I still have to remind myself to be patient. And I still have to remind myself that um, I'm in this for the long haul and that this will help me have the impact I'm looking to have in the world. And one day I am going to make some money off of it too. Yeah, no, I really appreciate what you shared there. Um, and just kind of one being honest about, yeah, the, the vanity metrics of the downloads and how uh, appealing it is to, to imagine a larger audience. Um, but just fighting to stay rooted in, no, I'm just trying to serve people. And if the people that I'm serving, I'm having an impact on, then that's fantastic. You know, and, I, and I'll just share personally, like, so so I was uh, in podcasting before I started working at Buzzsprout, um, and it was very easy to get caught up in chasing downloads and refreshing my, my Buzzsprout stats every other hour to see if they went up and if I crossed that next hundred or whatever. Um, and, and I just remember, like, that became almost like an idol to me. Like, I was borderline obsessed with how do I get the next stat? How do I get the next milestone? Like, how do I grow my audience to this next level? And it started to suck the joy out of podcasting because I felt like a, I felt like a slave to the numbers just internally. Um, on the surface, it was like, oh yeah, I want to serve people. I want to make an impact, but really I want to make an impact by having like a million downloads or something, you know, some arbitrary metric that I just made up in my head that doesn't actually reflect anything in real life. Um, and it would be even more discouraging when I would, you know, hear about somebody else's numbers who had a podcast completely unrelated to mine and get discouraged because they were different, right? Or, or think, oh, my podcast is way better than that person's podcast. Why is he having success and I'm not? And, and you just can't win. So it's not that 
numbers aren't a useful metric to like look at trends and try and figure out like, am I doing well? Am I making an impact? Am I serving the people and my audience? Well, it's just that it becomes so easy to get sucked into that being your sole focus. And when that's your sole focus, you can never actually arrive. Like you never get to a place where you're happy because as soon as you hit one metric, it's on to the next one. You just keep moving the cold post backwards. And, you know, even if you got to number one in your category in Apple Podcasts, you'd be super discouraged when you drop down to five one morning, you know? And so it just never, it never gets to a point where you're satisfied. And so that's, that's one of the reasons that I personally really push people away from looking at their download numbers, you know, because it's just, it's not something that you can use as a useful metric to actually continue to keep you going and excited about what you're doing and, and excited and, and connect the dots to what I'm talking about in my podcast is making a real difference. Yeah. And I'll give you a metric that I don't think anybody talks about, but is super important. Like we all know what our numbers were, like how many plays we got for our first, let's say 20 episodes, right? We know that they were really small as you're progressing Keep checking those old episodes. If they're going up in the same kind of percentage as your new episodes are going up, that means people who are finding you are going, ooh, this is really good. And they're going back and they're listening to your back catalog. Like I did that yesterday for the first time. And I was like, ooh, now that's a trend that's interesting. Because that tells me the people I do find, not only are they enjoying what I'm doing today, they're interested in the journey and they're going back. Because my numbers on those first few episodes are going up, right? And and I'm just like, okay, that's telling me something about the impact this is having on people. Because they're like, I like this. I want to I hear the whole story. And what's interesting is, is that all those mistakes I made, I have not had one person email me and be like, you suck, you know, you, you messed up, like, how dare you, you know, like, I haven't had anybody do that. And I haven't even had a bad review, which sometimes that happens. People listen to the first few episodes, oh, this sucks. And they give you a bad review, but I haven't even had that yet. And so um, it's, it's just a matter of changing your mindset. And it's so funny because for a person who is so passionate about having the right mindset around business... It, it kills me that I forgot when I did this whole process, right? But I'm just glad that I figured it out. And at the time, nobody was listening. And now when they do listen, I can use it in a positive way. So then it's a win-win-win. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, and another really cool place where you can find like a similar trend, like are people that are discovering my new podcast episodes, subscribing and starting to listen to the old ones, is um, if you go in Apple's Podcast Connect where you can look at all of your Apple podcast play stats. In the episodes, there's a stat where it gives you a percentage. And that percentage tells you how many people listen to your podcast that then subscribed while they were listening to the episode. Right, where they're right. listening to your podcast episode and they're like, wow, this is really good. I want to hear more of this. And they subscribe. Like there's actually like a percentage number that you can look yeah. at. Yeah. And the other one in, a, in that Apple Connect is listening, like how long are they listening? And so if the percentage of how long they're listening is greater than 100, it means people are listening to it more than once. And I have episodes where I have like 140% listen rate, which means that at least half of, well, I guess 40% of the people listen to it at least twice. Which is really cool because that means people took value and was like, you know, they were driving in their car or they were running on the treadmill and they were like, oh, you know, this is good. And they listened to it again and they took notes. 
At least that's the way I translate that that stat. So this, you know, there there is metrics that are important, but you've got to understand how they connect to something that's actually important other than the metric, right? Right. Yeah, the metric just in and of itself doesn't mean anything, right? It's like if I said, "Hey, you owe me a million. A million what? A million dollars? A million, you know, yen?" Hugs. Totally, to- <laughs> totally different. Totally. A million different. hugs. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I can, is, I can pay that bill. <laughs> so yeah, it is really important to figure out like what is the thing that actually matters to me. You know, whether that's I'm trying to uh, you know acquire clients for my business, or you know I'm I'm an author and I'm trying to promote my new book and how many books can I can I get out into the world like like being able to figure out like this is the thing that that I'm going to look at to know that you know I'm moving in a positive direction because often that number moves very differently compared to what your download number is. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, like this podcasting thing is, is truly an amazing, amazing medium because the way that it allows you to connect with people is truly incredible. And like every interview I do, and I, what I do is I do an interview on Tuesday and I do a lecture on, on Friday. And so every interview I do, I learn something, you know, I'm learning and, and it's making me better. And I've had a chance to interview some of my heroes. You've heard me mention Michael E. Gerber several times. He was episode 64. Dory Clark, episode 76. Um, I interviewed John Lee Dumas, episode 17. Like These are the people that had major influences on me. And I have a a list of 10, and I'm already four into it. And And I'm not even a full year into podcasting, right? So I have every confidence that I'm going to interview all 10 of my of my ultimate wish list, And how else can you do that? Like what other business model or what other thing can you do? You're going to do that with Facebook, your profile. You're going to do that with a blog. Heck no. Right. You're going to do that because you started a contracting business or you started a tech business. Probably not. That's not going to get those people to say, yeah, I'll spend a half hour with you. Sure. Let me tell you everything I've learned in 40 years of business and really make an impact in, in you and your audience lives. Like what other medium is going to let you do that? Maybe a YouTube video channel or something. But even then, podcasting is, I think, is dominant over that. So I just think like I have such an appreciation for podcasting. And, and yeah, I don't have the whole thing figured out of where I'm going to take this. And I, I suddenly stopped caring. Like about, I don't know, about like 40 episodes ago. I'm like, I don't care. I just really love what I'm doing. This podcast is going in the right direction. And this podcast will lead me to where I'm supposed to be. And I'm going to put the work in. And I'm going to have a bit of faith because I have evidence. I have evidence that if you put in the work, you're consistent, you do it the right way, and you have the right motives. I have evidence that that pays off. And so, you know, faith isn't blind. It's not, it's not based on just a hope or wishful thinking. Faith is actually based on evidence. So you have to you look at the evidence and say, okay, this doesn't, this doesn't exist yet. But based on the evidence, if I do these things, it will happen. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but it will happen. Right. And so for me, that's kind of the the headspace I'm in now. And God, that has changed the whole feeling around doing the work and doing the post-production and like, it's not work. It's, it's not work. It's, it's, you know, definitely it's part of my recreation during the week, as crazy as that sounds like I enjoy it so much now. 
And I, I, I kind of, I, I feel like I'm infusing it with love, right? I just, I love doing it and I'm infusing it with love. And so it's not work, you know, and that's what they say, right? If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yes. I love getting to interview people I have no business talking to because I have a podcast, you know, <laughs> like it's just so cool uh, that, you know, cause you, you're right. You couldn't like email them like, Hey, I just need 30 minutes of your time for free. Can you, can you do that for me? Like, I just want to ask you all of your your best kept secrets so that like i can i can be better thank you like nobody's gonna say yes to that but if you're like hey i would love to have you on my interview you for my podcast it's the same thing you're just broadcasting it so everybody else can hear it too yeah and and here's the here's the thing like to anybody listening to this who does interviews and you're thinking to yourself well my podcast doesn't have the download numbers to justify I've had one person, one, who said, I only go on podcasts with downloads of 50,000 per episode or more. One. And he's not even on my top 10 list. Everybody else has never even asked what my numbers are. They don't care. They're like, you have a show. You want me to share. I want to be part of that. What can I do to help? That's been their attitude. So it, it just blew my mind. I'm like, and, and, and you know, the funny thing is even the professionals that are booking podcast guests, their process doesn't involve asking download numbers, which is insane to me. You're paying somebody over $100 US per episode to book you on shows and that person doesn't even know the scope of the show. Like we're in the, we're, you know, anybody who feels like, oh, I... I don't, you know, I've been listening to this podcast and I've been thinking about starting a podcast, but I think I missed it. You know, like Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas and the people of 2009 to 2012, they, they got there first. And so, you know, there's no opportunity left. That's not true. We are still in the wild, wild west of podcasting. The stuff that I see going on is so basic. It's so still in its infancy in my opinion, like I think we're going to look back 20 years from now and it's going to be a completely different landscape. So get in, man. The land grab is still good. Maybe there's no land in California, but you can still grab free land in Idaho. So go get it. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. Um, Now, so as we wrap up, I'm actually really curious about what your goals for your podcast are, because you mentioned at the beginning, you had this dream that you were going to be making like low six figures within a year. And then you started to realize, oh, that's that's not how it works anymore, and so I need to have more of a long-term approach. So, like, what are your goals right now? What are the things that you are looking forward to accomplishing or that you hope that you're able to do with your podcast? Well, one of the things I did right when I started is I, I looked at the research, and the research said that podcast fade happens around episode 12 and six months. I also saw that there was very few people that made it to 100 episodes. So before I press go on day one, I made a solemn promise to myself. You are going to do this for 100 episodes no matter what. And I'm coming up to episode 100 uh, a year and two months ahead of schedule. (laughs) February 8th. So I'm really proud of myself for that because I wanted to quit so many times because I was like, this isn't working and, you know, all that stuff we talked about. So as I've approached this 
this objective way faster because I was originally I was just going to do a weekly show and then it went to three three times a week and now I'm back down to two because that's more comfortable. Um, so I'm way ahead of schedule. So I I've thought a lot about that. Like, what are my next objectives? And I thought, you know, I'm going to do 10,000 episodes. And then I did the math and I'm like, oh man, I'll be like 90 before I can get there. Right. <laughs> so I thought maybe that's not so realistic. So, um, I, I thought, well, maybe the number of episodes no longer matters because I've overcome that initial, those initial hurdles. Right. And so my objective now is it's not it's not I don't know it's to see how far I can go how far can I go how high can I go um if I'm getting emails of people saying you're changing my life I'm gonna keep doing it and um this is going to be part of who I am not what I do and Probably the last objective is every one of my family members and friends who have teased me and laughed at me for doing this and questioned why I would do something that doesn't make me any money immediately. Um, I'm going to keep doing it until they start going, Jamie's my cousin. Did you know that? <laughs> like, like I'm going to put it in their face and be like, you know, no, I, I, I kind of tease a little bit. I mean, most of my family is super supportive, but a couple of my family members just don't understand it. Right. And so, yeah, like I just want to keep going no matter what and just see how far I can go. And I think the day that I stop will be the day that I feel like I've done. I don't know. The, the day that I've changed the world. How about that? Right. And, and by eliminating all those silly metrics that don't really matter, but still kind of matter to me, um, it does help to just have that long, long view. And, you know, as long as I'm working, like I love what Michael Gerber's doing. He's 83 years old and he's doing Facebook lives and he's launching a new platform that I want to be that guy. Like, I don't want to stop. I, I don't have this dream of stopping my work at 55. I have a dream of not needing to work at 55, but I have no dream of, of wanting to stop my work. So I think I'm going to continue to evolve this and change it and, um, you know, keep trying to have an impact. And I think it's just always going to be part of who I am. So I don't know. It's a long winded answer, but I I've thought so much about a specific goal and I just can't find one anymore. Well, and it takes so much pressure off when you don't, when, when you don't have something that solid because if if you're just doing it until you feel satisfied with the work that you've done and you're and you're happy with what you've put out there and know that it's going to continue to live on, you know, and and help people, like where's the pressure? Where 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 is the where's the pressure to like go and perform and make it happen and and you know, bust through the new numbers and like it's just not there. And and just coming all the way full circle back to if you love what you do and you love podcasting, then eventually things will happen like it just that's just how it works you know if you have the long-term uh view in minds and you're just focused on making a great podcast and and sharing your heart and helping people and you're not in it for a particular number or a ranking or you know a dollar amount then eventually you're gonna you're gonna be satisfied at some point and it's gonna be something you look back on fondly and not with derision and wonder like why did i ever torture myself by deciding to start a podcast yeah and actually for anybody listening who is like me when i first heard you and guests talking about it in that way and i'm like scoffing and saying yeah but the numbers matter i want to 
get those people to think about something. So in the, the 19th century, when they were building the railroads in North America, the railroad companies had a grand dream, right? They wanted to connect the continent for the prosperity of every man. And it was a beautiful dream. And because of that, they overcame enormous odds. And they made what in today's money would be billions upon billions of dollars doing it. They lost sight once they became mature as a railroad companies. They lost sight of what was truly important. Otherwise, they would have converted those rail cars into jet planes when that technology developed. And they lost sight of, of what their true purpose was. And they got too focused on, well, we're a railroad company. And because of that, there's still some railroad companies, sure, but they, they what could they have been, right? And so with your podcast, if you stay focused on the purpose, you're going to evolve. As the technology changes, you're going to change. And podcasting may may morph into something else going forward. But the the essence of what you're trying to do will remain the same. And so for anybody listening, if you want to really make it big, stick with it long enough to actually be able to see that dream come to some sort of fulfillment. And if you do that, I really believe, I really believe in my heart that whatever metric you're looking for, you, you'll find it. You'll find it. Or you'll find it doesn't matter. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Either way you win, right? Either way you win. That's right. Well, Jamie, it's been great. I really appreciate, uh, especially just your vulnerability and being willing to share kind of your, your internal struggles and the things that you don't really hear a lot about in, in kind of the, the podcasting space. It's so so focused on, you know, how are you monetizing and what are your downloads like? And, and so I really just appreciate us being able to have that kind of a conversation and just be open and raw and honest about the reality of it and, and hopefully provide something valuable for anybody listening. So I, I appreciate that. Well, and, and I'm happy to be a part of it because uh, I think we're all in this together. You guys have built a great community, one that I want to be more active in. And, um, you know, I, I really do want to help people. So podcasters out there, even if you're not in the business space, if, you know, you ever want to reach out to me, I'll share in more detail, I'll share with you anything I can share with you to help you. And if you're on the business side, you know, it's kind of my expertise and what I do. So I'm, I'm here to help anytime. So here I am. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. So I've got one final question for you, and this is this is the one that everybody looks forward to. Um, so if you had a time machine that could go back to the day before you started your podcast and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? My advice would be you're not that great. <laughs> and um, you, you, you will be great, but you're not that great today. So have some humility and go into this with the right mindset that you want to help people and impact them in a specific way. And just stay focused on that, Jamie. And your goal of doing 100 episodes is really, really smart. So don't, don't quit. If you are a business owner that wants to focus on building a better business, then make sure to check out Build a Better Business at jamieirvin.ca and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you wish that you could be featured on a future episode of Podcasting in Real Life? Well, you can. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to submit your application. And if today's episode inspired you or resonated with you in some way, we would love to hear from you. Just leave a review in Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought. I love reading your feedback, and so thank you if you've already left a review. And if you are planning on leaving a review, I look forward to reading yours as well. 
Well, that is it for today. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep podcasting.